Welcome to the Touchdown Rundown. We talk about football, and specifically in the NFL. We are, Tony and I, reacting right now to Denver's 14-17 to loss to the Cleveland Browns on Thursday Night Football. Tony, what is your biggest takeaway in uh, my biggest takeaway is that the Browns are actually a much stronger team than I think we're giving them credit for. A lot of people really counted them out, including myself, now that they're, you know, they had Nick Chubb, they had Kareem Hunt out, of course they had Baker Mayfield out. It, these were all just things that were lining up to make this seem like it was going to be a really one-sided game. The Broncos kind of seemed like they were going to run away with it, but no, Case Keenum stepped up. He had a pretty clean night, uh, ended with 199 yards, one touchdown, no picks. That's not bad at all. And on the inverse of that, Teddy Bridgewater didn't do terrible. Only one pick, two touchdowns, 187 yards. So a pretty, a pretty low uh, passing numbers night. Uh, it definitely is very interesting to look at their yards, uh, kind of like their, their team yards. So if you look at their team stats, it's kind of what I would expect from a normal, healthy Browns team. Like the Browns dominated in the run. Passing yards was pretty similar. Browns had more total yards, more yards per play. Like, if you were to tell me that this team was healthy, I wouldn't necessarily not believe you because the Broncos are a respectable team and they should have a, a pretty good defense. So I would believe that this is a healthy Browns team if you really told me that and I didn't know better. But I think it was a good performance from the Browns primarily. The Broncos kind of pulled it together there at the end. I think there's upsides to both teams after this game. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I was actually kind of, I was really surprised at how good the Browns look. Case Keenum, credit to him. He looked really good. I'm kind of interested to see if some of the main storylines coming out of tomorrow's game are going to be, should Baker Mayfield no longer be the starting quarterback for the Browns? Should we give Case Keenum another shot at being an NFL starting quarterback? So that'll be an interesting one to see. Uh, Shout out to Cleveland's running back, uh, Dearness Johnson. Holy cow, I believe from the broadcast, he was the first, um, it was his first ever start as a Cleveland Brown, and he was, it's the first time since 1987 that a first-time Cleveland Browns running back rushed for over 100 yards, which is kind of just dumbfounding, Um, so hats off to him, like the game really did come down to him, uh, that opening drive, the team as a whole was really devastating, but he was able to control it, and as we saw at the end of the game, he really was the reason that that game got iced and that game was over, uh, the Browns were called for an illegal shift, I think. Uh, their tight end, Njoku, uh, didn't get set as soon as the ball was snapped. So they called a they called a penalty on him. It goes to third and seven. The broadcaster's like, oh, there's a little bit of suspense here. Maybe Cleveland has to kick a field goal. Uh, but Denver could still get the chance to win the game. Nope, he iced it. He was able to pick up seven yards like it was nothing. And, you know, hats off to him. He had one hell of a game. Um, are there any players whose performances, like, you were negatively surprised? Uh, I guess I don't know if I would say negatively surprised by. I would say negative in general. Odell Beckham has continued to struggle. His stats tonight were two receptions for 23 total yards, zero touchdowns. Uh, But that was off of six targets. Uh, And if you watch the game, this kind of cleared up the narrative a little bit of Baker Mayfield just doesn't have that connection with Odell. A lot of people are trying to put this Odell struggling on Baker. But now he had a full game with Case Keenum, totally different quarterback. And Case Keenum delivered. I got to say, there was like a nice little five-yard slant route that Case delivered a perfect ball right between the numbers to Odell, went right through his hands. Another one that was on the sideline, perfect placement. Odell should have had it every day of the week and twice on Sundays, just dropped it. Granted, he did hurt himself on that play. 
I believe he did land on that right shoulder that is injured. So Odell has just continued to underperform. Uh, One thing that is extremely concerning if you are a Cleveland Browns fan is that their leading receiver was actually Austin Hooper. And the reason that that's not great is because he's their tight end. He only had 42 yards. Uh, When you have a tight end that is your leading receiver and that tight end's name is not Travis Kelsey, that's a problem. And you really need to start getting your receivers going a little bit more. I mean, going into the season, they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Those are two big names. Those are guys that should be putting up a lot of uh, yards, a decent amount of touchdowns. Of course, they rely on their rushing game, and they did tonight, which it was working, so I can't fault them for that. But at the same time, you got to get your receivers going. I'm going to push back on that a little bit just because Landry was injured, still recovering. I know Odell was, like you said, he's pushing through some injuries. So I don't think that it's necessarily their fault that they couldn't play better, uh, if that makes any sense. But I I think that is a a concerning trend, but it's also your backup quarterbacks. You have to take everything, I think, with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, Going forward, I know you said that you think that both these teams have tremendous upside. I'd be inclined to agree uh, where do you think, do you think that this is a game that matters? Like in the grand scheme of the playoffs, like do you think one of these teams is going to look back at this and say, this was a game we could have made the playoffs with. If uh, Absolutely. I think this is a game for Denver that they're going to look at it exactly that way. They've fallen out of three and four. Uh, Cleveland goes now to four and three. Cleveland's looking a little bit more on the upside. Uh, Baker still, I, they talked about in the game that Baker was actually trying to practice early in the week as if he was going to come back. So who knows if he's actually going to be able to come back or not. Uh, Odell's going to get healthier every week. Jarvis Landry, as you said, uh, he's been battling with some injuries as well. So, I mean, yes, this is the backup quarterback that they were going with. And, of course, you would have to kind of think that, you know, this is the backup, not going to have the best chemistry with the receivers. But at the same time, we did kind of start this off by saying the storyline tomorrow might be, did Baker lose his job? So it's not like Case Keenum underperformed or anything. He actually did pretty well. He put a lot of balls right on the money, and they were just simply dropped. Uh, Austin Hooper, he had one. He was he had two receptions on three targets. That's not bad. Uh, Jarvis Landry, five receptions on eight targets. That's understandable. Odell, two receptions on six targets. That one's not great. And from other than that, it was pretty decent. So I think that based off of that, uh, we did see that Case Keenum did pretty decently well. I'm just still going to kind of blame the receivers on this one. If you're out there, you have to play. And, you know, they are injured. But if they're still out there playing, if they can catch balls, which they both did have receptions, that means they must be good enough to at least get their hands on it. I understand if you don't get a lot of yards after the catch or maybe yards through contact, but just catch the ball at least. That would be my fault on them, even though they are slightly injured. But, yeah, I think this is a game – where Denver looks at it and goes, you know, we missed the playoffs by maybe one or two games, which I do think they might at this point be missing the playoffs by just, you know, realistically, I'm probably going to say two to three games based off of tonight's performance, but who knows, maybe they do pull it back a little bit closer to the end and they miss it by one or they barely make it by, but they're either way, they're going to look at this game and kind of regret it. They should have won it. Cause if you look at the first half, they didn't score any points. All of their points came after halftime. So they really did pull it together. They were just a second-half team tonight. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I do think this is one Denver is going to look back at and say, we really should have had this. Um, the model had Denver and Cleveland battling for uh, the respective seventh seed in the AFC. And obviously now uh, Denver was favored because the model had them favored in this game. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but the model 
had thought Denver was the more likely team to get the seventh game, I mean the seventh seed, uh, but as a result of losing this game, they're no longer favored. It's definitely Cleveland. It's Cleveland by about now a game uh, and a half. I've done a little bit of adjusting uh, for the model. Now, the reason I think that the model got this one wrong was because, obviously, uh, Case Keenum, he played really well. I had used his uh, his prior stat line from when I believe he was in Washington. Uh, his ELO score was about a 110, which is right where Baker is. So I was really surprised by that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, but then he, he actually played at a 152 value, so he outperformed his expectations like by a really wide margin. Um, and then, of course, Dearness Johnson, he's absolutely, he tore it up today, and I think that his model score is going to reflect that uh, tomorrow. He's, he just played really well. I mean, it was literally generationally good. He was the first Brown since 1987 to perform in that way. So, now. I'm going to chalk this one up to, hey, the model had it as essentially a pick em. You, you get pick right half of the time. The model does a little bit better than that, about, you know, 55%. So what are you going to do? Can't really, can't really regret this one. Yeah, I don't think you can really fault the model in this one. I mean, how do you possibly predict that Dearness Johnson, some guy that I'd never heard of before, obviously this is his first start, tearing it up, averaging 6.6 yards per carry and 146 yards on 22 carries on the night. That's something you just never see out of a rookie, or I guess not a rookie, out of a person that is starting for their first time, especially against a Denver defense that is really supposed to be very good. So that and, you know, the Case Keenum thing, he just seems to be kind of like a firecracker. Sometimes he goes off and sometimes he doesn't. And when he doesn't, he's pretty bad. But when he does, we kind of see it like here. If you were to take Case Keenum away from the stat line, 21 of 33 for 199 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions with a 90.3 passer rating, and you told me that was Baker, I'd believe you because that is a pretty standard, you know, Baker stat line. Yards are low because they're doing a lot of rushing. Okay. Touchdowns low because they're doing a lot of rushing. All right. But other than that, pretty decent. I would say that's pretty much what Baker is. No, absolutely. In fact, I mean, it was, I think if you showed me that film and just edited out the name on the back of the jersey from Keenum to Baker, I mean, excuse me, not Baker, to, to Mayfield, I'd be like, hey, that looks the same. I really do think that Stefanski called the game in the same way that he would have had he had Baker. I mean, that look at the way Denver was playing that Cleveland offense in the first quarter when, you know, Denver just got scorched by Cleveland. It's because Cleveland really ran the game the same way they would with Baker when you kind of thought they'd be more conservative and be inclined to run the ball. And I do, I do think that's why you see Cleveland only scoring one touchdown in the second half. Like, I think Denver's the better team in that second half. You know, they just did something dumb and spotted Cleveland seven points on the first drive. And if you're Denver, you just can't do that because you don't have the offense to actually be able to stay with them. So um, I, I, what do you make of Denver now? Like, I, I truly am kind of baffled by this team. They, pl- they played really good in the first three games, but obviously that's a mirage. Those three teams are pretty bad. They've played four good teams, four teams with, uh, I believe, winning records, and they've lost all four games. So do you see Denver? I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I don't think Denver has a good shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, if we just pull up their schedule right here, okay, they just got done. They barely lost to the Browns. The Browns are a respectable team. They were a good team tonight, even with all of their injuries. They go on next week to play Washington. I do think that unless we see some crazy stuff from Washington, and I believe they play I want to say play Green Bay for some reason. Don't fit. Don't you know? Fact check me on that. I'm not sure. 
they should win that game. Broncos at Cowboys, that should be a loss. I could see them beating the Eagles, but then they hit a pretty rough stretch of playing the Chargers and Chiefs back-to-back. I think they might beat the Lions, lose to the Bengals, beat the Raiders, lose to the Chargers, Chiefs to end. They're looking at maybe a pretty decent 500 record at best, and I do think they missed the playoffs. Uh, I don't think this is a necessarily terrible team. I do think they play quite a few very good teams, and their offense just simply isn't quite there yet. No, that that makes sense, and I do agree. And yeah, you're right. Washington does indeed play the Packers um, in the upcoming weekend, which I think that'll be an interesting game. I think Green Bay's probably going to roll them, but we'll see because they played the Chiefs respectively. But yeah, I think if Denver's in an, maybe in an easier division, maybe they have a chance. But you're right; they played the Chargers twice, they played the T- Chiefs twice, and they play the Raiders again. That would to be me. That's zero and five almost instantly. That's three and nine. You're not probably not getting the playoffs even with the expanded season, uh, the season in bracket at eight and nine. You're just not that good. So I, I don't know. I think. I think this is a good Denver team, but they're obviously their defense is not performing to expectations and their offense is performing to expectations, which those two things combined, the offense is just not good enough to support an average mediocre defense. Um, but let's go to the flip side. The Browns there, they may be four and three, but they're still third in the division and they could potentially be, you know, tied for uh, tied for third with the Steelers going into this, uh, this upcoming weekend. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? I mean, four and three is great, but if Baker's injured, I don't know if Case Keenum is able to replicate this. Uh, if Johnson is able to represent, uh, you know, replicate his performance, and they play the Steelers next week, and they don't have a particularly easy schedule because they play the Ravens in back to back games because they have their bye. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that they have a little bit of an easier schedule than the Broncos do, but this isn't going to be an easy one by any means. If you're out your starting quarterback, that's always a big hindrance, and it's going to really come down to if Case Keenum can keep this up and how long the starting running backs are going to be out for. Sure, Dearness Johnson did this for one night, but I guess in the league, it's less important to have one crazy night followed by a bunch of mediocre nights and more important to have consistently good nights so obviously I don't expect him to do this every single night, 150 yards, a touchdown. That would be insane. But if he can crack, you know, 100 yards, maybe a touchdown every game, every other game, do something to produce for this offense, that's going to be humongous because it still keeps that run aspect that defenses have to watch out for. Steelers, of course, a good defense, fairly poor offense. Uh, I do think the Browns might lose that one. They probably lose to the Bengals. I'm pretty high in the Bengals. Lose to the Patriots. Beat the Lions. Lose to the Ravens back-to-back. I could see them beating the Raiders. Packers probably lose. Steelers. I'd see them splitting with the Steelers and then maybe beat the Bengals in the end. I guess it really just depends on how all these teams progress and how injuries continue to go. But not an easy schedule once again. This is going to be a tough road to the playoffs. If they make it, it's going to be maybe by the last wild card. Yeah, I mean, they have all six of their division games ahead of them, so really anything is possible. Um, last question before we head out for the night. I think it might – you could genuinely make the case. Does, does Cleveland have the best three-headed running attack in the league? Like, we talk about them having the two-headed monster in uh, – <laughs> and it looks like they might have a three-headed monster now. Uh 
I feel like maybe maybe that's a bit of an overreaction, but I do think uh, Chubb and Hunt are the best two in the league, and you throw in Johnson as a decent third. They could have, I I mean, they are they have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. I think they just got a whole lot deeper. Absolutely, I think you kind of have to say they have the best three-headed monster in the backfield because they're the only team now that has three running backs that can do anything at all. You could it's it's really scary to think about how not only are do you have three good running backs that can all produce on their own, but you have them together, which means that you can rest them all very well, which means they're going to be much more, you know, they're not going to be quite as winded throughout the games, which means they're not going to be quite as winded when it gets to the postseason if they make it that far. So they're going to be running on fairly fresh legs in the postseason when everybody else is going to be very tired. So that could be a very scary thing going into the rest of the season. And yeah, of course they're going to have the best three-headed running back duo or trio. They're the only one that has that. I think the only objective that might be Derrick Henry, just because if he said he's three running backs, I'd, I'd uh, agree with him <laughs> because he, he sure does have the production of three running backs. Um, but that's it from us, guys. We'll see you tomorrow uh, for the, the full touchdown rundown reaction to tonight with Campbell Jones and then looking to the rest of the full week on Monday and Sunday. So good night, everybody. <clears throat> good night, everybody. Thank you very much.